Greetings, adventurers. You have joined us for an abridged edition of the Drunks and Dragons podcast. Full episodes are available at geeklyinc.com or dndpodcast.com. Our party is still reeling from the death of Tom Darkblade. You will be missed, little friend. Uh, so you are in a cave. You are in the cursed cave. And you have just realized that your good friend Tum Darkblade Thumble is dead. <laughs> Before you can do anything, uh, crystals form all over Tum's body. And the ice around him melts and his body sinks down into the icy depths. Uh, and as it goes beneath the water, the the ice freezes over again. Um, the door flips open above above the uh, the place where you guys fell in here and a rope ladder falls down into the room. Well, first, Eludra completely ignores the rope ladder and she punches at the ice and attempts to break it, even though she recognizes it makes no sense. I will not do anything. <laughs> Aludra, Aludra, he's gone. But before before we go, we should say a few words in Tom's memory. You go first. He was so <laughs> handsome. Oh, okay. Oh, in honor, in honor of Tom, who was very brave. Oh, I can't go on, Tom. You, have, Tom, you have to do this. Why is everyone's name so much the same? <laughs> It's really messing me Tom. up in my moment of weakness. <laughs> Tom, do you... I, I know you can hear me somewhere. Do you remember that time when we were fighting the zombie hulks? Soon after we met for the first time. And I gave you a commander strike. And you completely fucked it up <laughs> by throwing your sword. That was really shitty, bro. I never told you that. You will always be... The good guard to my bad guard. Tom, remember that time that you fought a Minotaur and you were a badass in front of everyone? And also, you you killed a lot of dudes, Tom. You really did. And also, you were <laughs> you were an excellent lockpick and thief. And you you got blood drinker. You did it. You became a dark blade. And, and and remember when you gave it away? That was really shitty, bro. Like, can't believe you did that. Oh, it's all a mess. Everything's so sad. All right, let's climb this ladder, right? Junpei sees the look in your eye and realizes what must have happened, and he seems very sad. So you guys uh, get to the boat, and Roz meets you down on the gangplank, and she goes, Oh, good, I'm so glad you're back. I, uh, I have some important things to, to talk to you guys about. The crew member Branson who died, we need to replace... What? Why? What is, what is wrong with you? Tom's super dead. I'll be in my bunk. What? What? I, I walk. I walk down the bunk, leaving Aludra to deal with this uncomfortable moment. We went to try to find the compass so that we could find the lost island. Sadly, Tom was a casualty. He slipped but, through the ice and he drowned, and we couldn't save him. But how? He was so strong. There was some sort of enchantment. There was a scroll. He went under the water and he tried to breathe through this magical scroll and. And allowed him to breathe, but then when he came above water, he kept inhaling water. Some someone bewitched it, and we couldn't save him. Raza's eyes fill with tears, and she 
She falls down onto her knees and starts sobbing. Eludra kind of gives her the stink on him. She's like, you just met him. You don't even know him. (laughs) (laughs) But he saved my life. I was a slave. He gave me, he snuck me food into the cages while I was still in a cage. Eludra reaches out and puts her hand on Roz's shoulder. And she says, you're right. That was unkind of me. We both have felt a huge loss. I'm sorry. Were were you guys to walk by Tom Tom's bunk right now, you would hear just the bitterest weeping. <laughs> <laughs> so after a few minutes, uh, you guys compose yourselves and and uh, and she goes, "Oh, it is sad. I we do. I don't. I don't want to. It's. I know it's a, it's a hard time right now, but we do still need to. I mean, you guys are still planning on going, right?" Yeah, I guess I guess we, so. We can't run the ship with with so few crew members. So uh we need to replace Branson. There's a couple of guys that I thought would be likely candidates. They're up they're up on deck if you want to meet them. Eludra first goes down and, and knocks on the door where Tom is cuz she wants Tom to be part of this decision too. Also she doesn't really want to <laughs> Hey Tom? Tom? What? Tom, Tom, um, can you can you come and help me with something? What do you want? Thomas Aludra. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Hey, hey, what what's going on? What can I do for you? Tom, we have to help. We have to help Roz figure out new crew members. They're up on deck, so will you come with me and talk to these we, guys? We have to get new crew. We have to keep going, Tom. We have to keep moving. Distract ourselves. The door flies open. Alright, let's do it. <laughs> so we walk up. <laughs> I just turn it on and off. It's on and off. Um, <clears throat> so you get up on, on, on deck, and uh, there's like five or six uh, guys milling around. Most of them are obviously terrible, and um, and you can quickly sort of weed them out. Uh, but there's there's two guys left, and uh, and so um, Roz goes, okay, this one, his name is uh, is Harper, and there's um, there's just this startlingly attractive man. Hmm. Uh, he's a human. He's about six feet tall, has sort of dark, tousled hair. Um, and, uh, and she's like, and there's this also this other guy. Uh, his name is Winston. And, uh, and this is like a big, burly half-orc. I what think if- we should give this Harper guy a chance. Oh, what? Okay. No, that's okay. But uh, Winston. Winston. Yeah. Um, I think you should stick around. Two. Um, Roz goes. Oh, well, we really only have room. Well, actually, no. I guess we have room for two. <laughs> and she starts. She starts crying again. <laughs> All right. So hey. So we got we got ourselves two new bros. So you guys you guys cast off and uh, with your two new crewmates and uh, your you know Junpei is still very sad. Um, he, uh, he seems to be very fixated on this compass though. And he takes the compass and he's, 
he kind of just ignores you and uh, is focusing on trying to get the the boat to the Lost Island. I think we first we gotta find the Lost Island, and then we're gonna sail the score with Trant Thumble. All right, let's let's head to the Lost Island. You've been following the compass for about a week. It's taken you in all sorts of different directions. Because uh, it's so lost. Yeah, it's like you're going. Sometimes you think you're going in circles. Sometimes you're just going one direction for a week and then turning, or sorry, for a day and then turning completely the other direction. Finally, you hear from somebody up in the crow's nest. Tad yells out, "Land ahoy!" It's the damnedest thing because um, it there appears to be a giant portal covering like where half of the island would be. And uh, as you look through it, there appears to be a rip, a rift in space and time. And uh, this island uh, would appear to be half in the material plane and half in the astral plane. Um, and so there is a there is a dock in the um, prime material section of uh, of this island. So uh, you guys dock. Um, there a few githyanki like run out to the dock and uh, and help you. As Junpei sets foot onto this, onto the dock, and um, and you know is above or is basically on this island, uh, you see a glimmer in his eye, very similar to the glimmer that you saw in Tum's eyes when all of his memories came rushing back to him. Junpei remembers that he used to actually live on this island, and uh, and spent all of his childhood and adolescence <laughs> there. He remembers uh, there being a very serious cannibal problem uh, in that. And most of the time, most of the time, this island is fully in the astral sea and not on the material plane. But every once in a while, this big rift will open up and um, and and ships will be able to sail up to it. But uh, but basically, there's a crew of uh, of cannibals that would harry this island uh you know throughout the years and they would always be off snatching someone uh here and there and junpei's well junpei had always wanted to join basically a a, another group of swashbucklers who would you know who every once in a while would come and help uh his island fight off the cannibals but he was a young a young man uh, he was still in his adolescence, so they were really not ready to take him yet. So uh, about ten years ago, the portal had opened, and um, and a certain old, even old back then man had come um, with a certain Captain Blindy to this island, and um, and basically said, you know, the only way to get there was this magic compass, and um, and Junpei had seen like uh, this was his chance to go and prove himself. And uh, and gain you know power and stuff like that. So basically, you know, he had gone off with this old codger back to uh, back to pirate land. You know, he had gone and found his way and and uh, and made his deal with his gen servant to gain great deals of power. And it all it all comes back to him now, and, and he remembers like, oh, I wanted to I wanted to help these people and join this join this other crew and you know fight off the cannibals. The leader of this swashbuckling band is happens to be in port, and uh, and he, he comes over and, and and talks to Junpei. Ah, Junpei, you're back. How did that happen? 
we found a magic compass. It always points north. Well, how, how crazy is that for a compass to do? You seem to have grown into your manhood. I sense great power in you. What are you, around level five? I'm getting there. I'm getting to level six. Well, you, you know, if you still want to to join our group, we could use some help fighting off these wretched cannibals. In my travels, I have seen many, many, many things and gained great power, and I think uh, that with my magic, we could put an end to the cannibal threat once and for all. I'm in bad, I'm in bad shape. I gotta, I'm in big debt, and I'm in, I've become a hindrance to you guys as a result. I need some money, and getting money is pretty, is, that's kind of what pirates do. And with the recent departure of our good friend Tom, I've, I've understood what is important in life. And what is important is in life is becoming a pirate so that I can marry my two great loves, killing cannibals and stealing other people's clothing. Well, you know, there is a haberdashery caravan making its way across the Astral Sea right now. Ah, the great astral plane cabadasheries of the Githyanki homeland. I remember them well. Aluda is very touched by everything that Junpei has done. And she says, Junpei, I wish you well in your endeavors, and I hope that you get the fanciest hats, the fanciest coats, and the most gold, and that you can pay off your kind of a dick Geodude guy. With a, with a, with a, with a tear in my eye, it's the Junpei... Let me hold, like, two bennies. I'll hit you back, bro. <laughs> the captain says, Junpei, we're, we're casting off soon, uh, but let me give you the customary fancy pirate hat uh, as, uh, as you enter our service. Junpei gets onto this uh, glorious astral vessel, and they cast off, and their engines roar into into power and it sort of takes off. As, as the boat is leaving, Junpei turns back and looks at, at his good friends and thinks about all, back on all the times that he had and thinks that and knows to himself in his heart that he's leaving them in a better position than if he had stayed with them and that he has to go and do his own thing and live his life the way it needs to be lived. Thank you for listening in to this abridged episode of the Drunks and Dragons podcast. If you would like to hear more, go to geeklyinc.com or dndpodcast.com. If you want to contact us, we're on Twitter, again, at geeklyinc or at dndpodcast. If you would like to support us, you can always go to patreon.com slash dndpodcast. There are tiers for any budget, and it really does help us continue to make content for you every week. Editing help from David L. Stewart. Check out his site at spudcam.com. That's our show. Keep it a little dicey. Oh, I'm, after- like, I'm actually kind of like super sorry about comparing the death of a fantasy character that doesn't exist to 9-11. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was kind of a shitty thing to do. He welcomes. I can just turn it on and off. It's on and off. Is there actually a switch back there? It's yeah, that's called that's called acting. I thought about something sad in my life. That's how I channeled that emotion right there. Oh my god, it was so genuine. That's good. I felt it. I really yeah. did. Like so. when the, they, you want to know what I thought about? What did I you thought? Of, I thought about when Mocha Coconut Frappuccinos went out of season at Starbucks. Oh no! <laughs> don't don't worry, Winston. You can bunk with me. I get top bunk. <laughs> That's good because I'm more of a power bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Is what true? Is it true that Tom's gone?
Is it true that you have a different voice than when we first met you? <laughs> no, this is totally... I think this is the one I had when we first started, and then it was different, and now it's back again. <laughs> go go back and listen to that dog sausage episode. I remember, because I was like... Because I, 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 I said something like some other name, and you were like, It's Santolin! Like, that was your voice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be a tad and a thad. I don't know. Oh God! There's definitely well, lots a of chat. If there's a, if there's a tad and a thad and no chat, that'd be bad. Oh! oh. Stop making me mad. <laughs> to the soul. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> I'm sorry, I explained your joke. <laughs> as as the ship flies into the sunset, Junpei says, "Wait, I forgot to tell you about Daisy." Ha, 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 ha.